and welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, how are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I mean, pretty it's a pretty bad day today, but for the week it's good. Good, good. Uh we're gonna try to be nice and efficient here today. Scotty's got somewhere to be. But um, again, just like last week, not much that we can really chat about because, again, spring training is a pain to, to watch because it's rarely uh, televised, which is frustrating. But um, one really cool thing is that the Yankees did win their spring division. Yeah. Woo. That makes you feel good. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, does it mean anything? No, John Sterling was very adamant about that in his, when he broadcasted with Michael K, he was like, I really do not give a shit about spring training. And it was, it was beautiful. People were like, I think he's being a little blunt. I'm like, I think he's completely fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's dive into some things that we saw this week um just to chat a little bit one thing that came out early this week on sunday is miguel and duhar went to see a specialist for his hand and wrist i'm a little confused when 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 was this call necessary what made this something that had to happen i guess it's something to keep an eye on i don't know i i was really i was really thrown off when i saw this yeah, I mean, I I really I really don't know. I mean, this is nothing you ever heard of from him, but you know, it's just more of a more of a note. Because I mean, we're, we we've been saying that, like he hasn't really been like a focus of the of the lineup. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, know. we'll get to we'll get to that in a little bit. We're gonna talk about the uh, open spots on the lineup, but I was just I was just confused. <laughs> like you can't just. You can't just be throwing out the term specialist with this team. It makes me nervous. <laughs> You've heard it too many times. A specialist turns into a surgeon, turns into a year out. And while, listen, I've talked about it. I don't think Anduhar is important to us on the field, but I think Anduhar can be important in the trade market. And we should, but if he's hurt, is he, is he that important? I don't know. But um, just a weird thing to start the week off with. You're just like, this again? Really? <laughs> um, I want to revisit a point that I made last week kind of in passing. Um, Lucas Lutkage. The man is dealing. This spring, he has appeared in five games, five innings pitched, zero runs, two hits, 11 strikeouts and only one walk on a scale of one to 10. How absolutely mind blown are you? Honestly, I like to say an eight. I don't like to give people tens (laughs) much. It's too much, but yes, out of somebody who, you know, isn't like a big name for us going out and dealing as well as he did. I mean, one walk is, is such a difficult task. Um, especially in spring training. Uh, yeah, he really, he really kind of shined, um, and has really put himself into the, into like, you know, the minds of the organization. Yeah. I mean, 
he's he's doing a lot for us, especially in right now. We're in a place where we're like, okay, who's gonna fill the um the void that is right now being kind of felt by Britain, mm-hmm. kind of being down with his little elbow surgery that it was completed, it was successful, all that fun stuff. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, he'd be great to add. You know, we're probably gonna have like a six man starting rotation. So maybe he's going to be put there, but I think that he would do really well as like a transitional reliever. And I I don't know. I've just been really impressed. Obviously he wasn't a Yankee last year. And I think that it's really great that we were interested in him last year. He went to the A's, but then we continued to pursue that. Nice to see. Nice to see. Um, He pitched on Sunday, which we threw absolutely beautifully on Sunday. I know that it is now Friday when this goes up and Sunday seems like forever ago, but Sunday was one of the last games we could see on TV. Okay. There's only a select few that we can see on TV. Um, Sunday start went to Davey Garcia. Then it went to Lucas Lutgage. I cannot pronounce this man's last name. Wajahowski. Wajahowski. We looked it up last time, I think. I think we did, and I think that's close to it, but, you know, there's nobody else with that long of a name, so I'm sure you can figure out who the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Nick Nelson, Goody, Goody, not Goody, Goody, and Otto in the nine-inning showing only had two hits and no earned runs. Our pitching staff's looking good. I have some notes on Domingo Herman, some notes on Montgomery, but what I like about this day is it's not just starters performing well. Yeah. Yeah, we had it all around. Everybody everybody went and did their job, did it well. Um, you saw it. Again, these are these are, are names that going into um, the preseason, we weren't really seeing as big names or big important names in our rotation. But now through this, this spring training, they've really popped up. They've really shown that they can – they can really put work in. And then, I mean, as we brought up with that hole that Britain left, I mean, we're really trying to fill, fill in uh, as best as we can and uh, make sure that we can get, you know, the correct players to not have it kind of the, the, the bullpen that we did last year. Cause that was not something we want to repeat at all. So we have a few, no. few spots that we wanted to replace in there. And I think that these players are really coming in and showing that they have the ability to do that. Yeah, and I think that because, like, Nick Nelson had some opportunities last year, and I can't say that Nick Nelson showed up at the show and I was overly impressed. Um, You know, it's nice to see names that, one, maybe you don't – like, I had never really heard of Otto. Like, when I first read it, I was like, Adam Adovino is not a Yankee anymore. Why are we writing Otto? Um, But it's nice to see not only, like, just random, you know – spring training guys going out there, but guys that have and might end up getting the call to the big leagues who maybe in the past didn't perform as well, performing well. Nick Nelson, Johnny Loisaga is throwing really well, you know, and it is, it's nice to see, you know, we haven't seen, I honestly think Chapman's only thrown like twice. Yeah. yeah he hasn't I mean, thrown much, which is fine. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, but it's just it's nice to see because as as frustrating as Chapman can be, maybe in the postseason in some past events, 90% of the time the man's effective. 
but you need a reason to put him out there in the ninth inning. You need a reason to put Chad Green out there in the eighth inning. You know, you need those that six, seven inning, like the sixth and seventh inning guy to be effective. And it's been nice to see, you know, Luckage is stepping out. Nelson's throwing well. Loisega is throwing well. We have people who can do it. And, mm-hmm. and that's a nice comfort that we did not have last year, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't have Monty's line from yesterday, but I do know that it was very good. <laughs> However, I do have some numbers on Domingo Herman. Emotionally, I still cannot stand the guy. But damn, is he putting up numbers. <laughs> so his line on Monday was four innings pitched, no one runs, three hits, one walk, and six Ks and 46 pitches. His spring numbers, like in all of his appearances, is nine innings pitched, five hits, no runs, one walk, 13 Ks on 108 pitches. I'm having a dilemma. <laughs> and I'm sure are you having the same one? I don't think it's as much as you, but yeah, generally. It's just you want the team to perform well. But I have always stood by like the last like 40 years I've stood by the fact that I think that professional athletes with off-field issues like domestic violence like the charges that are right now being pressed against Deshaun Watson stuff like that I think that they should very much be held accountable for and given the punishment that regular citizens would get god do I wish that this man put up an ERA of like seven you know 15 walks, one strikeout on like 200 pitches in the spring. Because now it's like, a, it, it, it's a tough argument that I, I still stand by. I don't want, I don't like him in, as a Yankee. I don't like him on the pinstripes, but there are a lot more people pushing against it being like, well, he can be our number two pitcher, or our number three pitcher. He's changed, blah, blah, blah. Mm, has he? And it's and and what's frustrating is as a baseball fan and a Yankee fan, I want those numbers on my team, but I don't want the person they're attached to. And I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you have a different perspective? No, I mean I see where you're coming from and everything, and it's exactly the same way with now that he's doing this. Some of the fans are going, and I mean they already kind of were starting to to look past it already before he came back. Um, which I think is really, really, I don't think people really understood what happened then if you're just saying that. Um, but yeah, and at the same time, you have to like also, he's going off kind of. So <laughs> you have to, you have to notice that and see that. And with the standpoint that the Yankees are taking right now, I mean, you have to kind of see where, where it's going with that. I mean, yeah. this, this depends on how, the organization sees it if they see it as a if they're playing baseball if they're going and they want to and they want to win as much as possible they'll be seeing a lot more starts but if they're i think if they're more listening to the team then you're not going to see as much but of course with how he's pitching you still are going to see it with how they uh planned with him you're still going to see him 
that's not going to change, but it's just the, the amount and kind of the importance that they use him for will change. Yeah. I think, I think reasoning with getting rid of him now will have a lot more pushback. Like if they, you know, when they announce the 26 man or the 40 man, whatever, there's going to be a lot. And if he doesn't make it, people are going to be like, are you kidding me? He had a great spring, blah, blah, blah. But if they never allowed him to come back on the team in the past, it might've been a different story. It's now, you know, they have to do a pros and cons of like, how will people react if we keep him? But then also how will people react if we don't keep him? Um, It's just, it's very hard. And I don't know if like, I, I have different thoughts as like a girl and like understanding like the statistics of like, not only professional athletes and domestic abuse, but just like domestic abuse and all of that um, in general. But this has been something that's sitting in my mind because like, yeah, I want the Yankees to do really well, but I also see the Yankees. And I think a lot of people in sports see the Yankees as like, I don't know. I hold them at this different moral standard. And like, I always, and maybe that's just because I'm a Yankee fan and I've seen how other teams can be unjust and unfair. I hold the Yankees to a different level of expectation. Um, so maybe I'm just getting disappointed because I set my bar too high. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is how hard John Carlos Stanton is hitting the damn baseball. He said, I don't care. Oh, you unjuice the baseballs? I'm going to hit them harder. So the other day he lined out to left field on a 120 mile per hour ball. Only three players have hit the ball harder than like 115. All three are Yankees since 2015. Aaron judge and Gary Sanchez have done it once. And that was the ninth time that John Carlos Stanton did it. I'm sorry. How do you even catch a ball going 120 miles an hour? Well, I, I think that's his theory is he can't go and line out to, to the third baseman. They'll die. That is true. <laughs> He'll just like fly. It'll be like when you catch a ball in Mario and you just like fly back like 15 feet. You just, go, You're just like yeah, just take the glove with him. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I, I, it just blows my mind. Like, yes, when he was in Miami, he was, he was great. And I think, I don't know, I'm just so excited to see him be that level or even better this year in pinstripes if he keeps himself healthy. Because I just, listen, is it a crazy thing for me to just hope everybody stays healthy? Apparently. I think so. But, like, could you, like, remember when we saw Jacob deGrom throwing 100 and we were like, oh, we can't even see the ball? Yeah. What's the point of trying That's to see 20 more miles going? an hour there going? 20 miles faster. <laughs> how do you even how do you even play the infield? Like, could you imagine, right? You're standing at third base and you're standing walking up to the plate. Scary enough in itself. And then he's like, Yeah, uh, last time I was up, I hit the ball 120 miles an hour at your left fielder, which is oh, right over your shoulder. 
Yeah, and the worst part is that he's done that. He's as you said, he's done that so many times, and he ha- he, he does it on everything. It's not they're not all home runs, as you said. No, there's a line out. I think last year there was one that was that that might have been over 115. That was a ground. That was a ground ball. Like just that thing's zooming at you. I I cannot imagine seeing a ground ball go like more than like 70. Like. <laughs> Oh my God. It's just, how do you even like prepare for that? Play defense for that? And obviously like these are the best baseball players in the world. They know what they're doing, but there's like a difference between like. There's a a fine line between physically capable and physically impossible. And you're just like happy birthdaying everything that's going like over 115. You're just like, I hope that it please hit my glove. Not any part of my body because that is just immediate death i just like i can also like imagine knowing that you hit the ball harder than 115 like sometimes like i'll hit a ball and i'm like oh you really got all of that one it's going like 70 miles an hour at max like no shot it's going any faster than that and this guy's just like "Mm, yeah i've hit nine over 115 faster than your car drives that's that's what i always like to think of is just like you have these players going and throwing and you're like oh wow it's pretty fast even the bad like even like the slower pitchers they still drive they still throw harder than any speed limit yeah like if i'm like being a little saucy and driving 80 miles an hour i'm still 15 miles an hour under the speed of major league baseball pitchers shit don't add up (laughs) shit don't add up it's just wild and i hope that he continues and i don't have any doubt that he like he seems super consistent his swing seems super consistent he seems much more comfortable within the strike zone this year i'm I am excited. I hope he gets to 15 balls hit harder than 115 miles an hour. Just has a nice ring to it. But yeah, it'll be fun to see. Moving on. I don't know if you noticed this. It was a radio broadcast game, which pissed me off. So no. (laughs) Gio Urshela played shortstop. Yes, I did see that. Everybody was like hooped in and hot. And I think people were reading far too much into it. But what did you think when you saw that? (laughs) Thank you. It didn't mean anything. They wanted to get Dietrich at third. That was like it. That was like it. (laughs) Thank you. And they needed, and they wanted to give DJ the day off. So they put Tyler Wade at second. People were like, oh, if Urshela can play shortstop, we don't need Tyler Wade. And I was like, guys guys and like we're gonna get into this next because we have a situation to work out but like i think we need to um stop reading into where people play in spring training as much because i can i think guarantee that we will never see Gio urshela at shortstop in a regular season game we just won't yeah no because I can't even like picture it like I'm kind of mad that it's not that it wasn't televised but like it just became like such a spectacle that I'm kind of glad it wasn't like 
reporters would be like, Gio Urshela fields a ground ball, looks very smooth. He knows how to play infield. He's not an idiot. Yeah. He just definitely does not have the range to be a shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I feel you can kind of see it in his build. His build Mm -hmm. is a little more short and stockier than somebody who would play short. And again, there's, there's a big difference between third and short. And I think especially, I mean, you saw it the opposite in Manny Machado. He went from short to third. I think short to third is a bit easier than third to short. Yeah. Because at least you're doing less ground. The biggest challenge is going to be just the timing and the throw distance is a little different. But third to short is that's a lot more ground you need to hold up. And we even saw it with Torres last year. Could he really hold even from second to short? It's yeah. basically the same position, just and, flipped. And, and last year, Torres was a little bit out of shape, you know, a little bit thicker. So he struggled more at shortstop. It's not a position made for someone built like Gio Urshela. Not that he's a big guy. Let me let me put that out there. He's not like large. No. But like, look at other shorts. Look at Francisco Lindor. Look at Tatis. Look at Didi. Like, Didi. shortstops oh. are like. Even, like, Glaber kind of, like, doesn't have, like, in my head, like, the build of, like, a traditional shortstop. You know, I think of the three that I just listed, like, you know, these longer, lean guys. But Glaber also, like, makes up for it. He's able to do it. But, like, I could not picture Gio Urshela turning two at shortstop. Can't see it. Cannot. (laughs) Cannot see it. But... Anyway, I think that people just read way, 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 way too much into him being put there. And I was like, it was probably because they didn't want, because I think DJ played the day before. So they normally don't play starters back-to-back days. So I was like, okay, they probably just didn't want DJ. And I think Thyro, Estrada, Tyro, Thyro, I don't know, also played. Estrada played the day before too. So there you are already down two infielders. They wanted Dietrich to get in. So your move is to put Tyler Wade at second base. They want, obviously, they couldn't put Andahar at third base because you had to go to a friggin' hand and wrist specialist out of nowhere. So they put Dietrich at third and they're just like, you know what? We're just going to wing it. We're going to wing it. And they won it. So let's. <laughs> let's relax on all of a sudden hoping Gio Urshela plays shortstop. Let's relax. Um, this was my big, my big discussion topic with you, Scotty. All right. So we're set to only have one spot open if we keep Tyler Wade, Kyle Higashioka, Brett Gardner, and Mike Ford. So if we keep them, then we have one spot open for Mike Talkman, Jay Bruce, and Derek Dietrich. I was thinking first, our first move has to be to drop Ford. Yeah. So then you have two spots, but our issue is replaced by Jay Bruce. Mike Talkman and Derek Dietrich are out of minor league options. So if we don't put them on the team, they are not ours. Because you, right, I, w- I would also think, you know, we put Jay Bruce instead of Ford, but then are you going to keep Talkman or are you going to keep Dietrich? 
didn't he just sign a minor league deal? Yeah, but it, let me triple check how this all works. <laughs> yeah, this I forgot. MLB contracts are weird. Okay, I'm gonna read the definition for you. Players on a 40-man roster are given three minor league options. An option allows that player to be sent to the minor league option without first being subjected to waivers. Players who are optioned to the minors are removed from a team's active 26-man but remain on the 40-man. A player who was on the 40-man roster but does not open the season on the 26-man roster or the IL must be optioned to the minor leagues. Once an optioned player has spent at least 20 days in the minors in a given season, he loses one of his options. Only one minor league option is used per season, regardless of how many times a player is optioned to and from the minors over the course of a given season. Out of options, players must be designated for assignment, which removes them from the 40-man roster and pass through outright waivers before being eligible to be sent to the minors. Okay. Players typically have three option years, but those who have occurred less than five seasons, including both the majors and the minors, are eligible for a fourth if their three options have been exhausted already. So it seems like within their careers, they have been gone, they've gone from major to minor or minor to major at least three times. So he received a minor league contract and then was invited to major league camp. But if he doesn't make the major league roster, Dietrich, then he can be put on waivers, which means he can still be a Yankee, but another team can also pick him up is what it seems like. And Talkman seems to be the same way. Because Togman has gone between not only us, but he was also on the Rockies and went up and down a few times there. So well, I, I, this is so frustrating because, right, we have to keep Higgy up. There, there's just no option to not keep Higgy up. You have to have a backup catcher, especially when Gary Sanchez is your catcher. Brett Gardner, they're not going to they're not going to DFA him. They're just not. I agree that Jay Bruce is a good replacement for Mike Ford. And me, not even as a Tyler Wade fan, but as someone who recognizes how the game of baseball can be played and should be played, Tyler Wade is a good backup infielder option. So then what do you do with the other two? (laughs) It's an impossible decision. All right. So I'd probably say um, it's tough, but I feel like they might more have uh, an idea with the trick of going and letting him to waivers and then signing him because they did just do a minor league contract, so they kind of knew that going into it. Um, I think that's probably most likely. Again, we were, we've been talking a lot, and I feel like – Although they clear the Yankees clearly like Talkman enough to keep him all these all these years, I feel like they don't they might not use him enough to win that battle over Dietrich. But again, I don't know, and I mean, it's it's I tough. Know, I have, a, yeah, I have I don't know sources to pull here. Yeah, and but, I don't know so. their whole game plan with Wade. Because if they fully have the game plan with Wade, then they'd keep him. But if they're just kind of rolling with him, then he could be 
on the uh, on the fence. So in the spring, Derek Dietrich is currently batting points oh seven seven. Not that it super matters, but it is just something to note. Um, he can't run the same way that Wade can run, and he doesn't play shortstop. This is by um, this is someone replying to Yankee source. His name is Tim. Tim Baumgartner, great thoughts. Um, so you know that that's a case to keep Wade over Dietrich. I je- I don't think that Wade is really competing for a spot here. I think that he has a pretty salt. I think he's okay, and that just might be me being overly confident for no reason. But I think he's okay. Yeah. Aaron Boone was asked about the competition between Bruce Dietrich, etc. They didn't list the other names, which makes me a little nervous of who else they asked about. But obviously, those two being the ones that come into camp, they're the biggest question marks. Boone said, when he's evaluating who will get the final few roster spots, it's less about their numbers this spring, but more what they've done in the past and if they're healthy right now. So that, that's a little confusing, but I think that that kind of helps Talkman. Yeah. Because Talkman has how many defensive runs saved? He had rough offensive spot last year, but he was also hurt last year. You know, he does have a good offense. And, I mean, yes, Dietrich and him are both left-handed swings for New York, but I don't know. I think... Listen, I thought the signing of Derek Dietrich was super fun and super great. I wish we had the room to take him, but I think we got to drop Ford and our bench has to be Higgy, Wade, Gardner, Bruce, Talkman. And I think that it also helps if you look at our outfield, they've been more, a little bit more prone to injury than our infield. So I'd rather have two outfield backups, you know, carry two, two guys that can play the outfield and two guys that can play the outfield well on my bench. Mm-hmm. But it's a very difficult decision. <laughs> and I wish we didn't have to make it. But, you know, you wish they, they would do the expanded roster again this year, especially since we're going to have to carry more pitchers. But you're going to have to deal with it, I guess. Do you have any more, uh, any more Yankee thoughts? Not thoughts, just uh, an event that happened. Oh, a Yankee, a Yankee event. Yeah. So the other day, um, Mr. Luis Sega was pitching, and he went and got four straight ground balls right back at him. Yes, yes, that four was crazy. Great. Never mind, does that like barely happen during the game in general? Does a pitcher ever get a ground ball? And he got never four straight two, outs. Never mind three of them. Never mind four of them in the game. Four of them in a row. Yeah. He's just, he's looking really good. I'm excited for him. There was this weird New York Post article that came out. They were like, what uh, the Wiseguy has to do to continue holding his name as the young Mariano Rivera. And I was like, literally nobody Called nothing. Him he can't do anything because it ain't gonna happen. Zero, <laughs> zero people called him the young Mariano Rivera. Let's relax on that. Um, Severino also hopped on a Zoom today. Said he threw all fastballs off the mound, but that they felt great. Honestly, just super happy to ever get an update from him. It's good stuff to hear. Um, I just have one non-Yankee thing to talk about. The only thing that I have is that 
LeBron James is um, now a partner in the Fenway Sports Group, which means that he is now a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. And I think he is an idiot. <laughs> Real mess up. Boston mess up. sports fans hate everything and anything that comes out of Los Angeles. They don't care if it is baseball, basketball, football, uh, hockey. They also don't like LeBron. Uh, yeah, no, they also don't like they LeBron. They also don't like LeBron. So not only are you LeBron James, <laughs> you are also Lake Los Angeles Laker LeBron James. Terrible idea. Horrendous idea. I'm sure he made a lot of money. And I'm sure that like he's gonna be like, oh, I built another school. Blah, 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 blah. Literally look into investing in any other sports group because New England hates you. <laughs> and he has been photographed so many times wearing a Yankee hat. Oh, he has so many different pictures wearing so many different uniforms. But like but never, Boston. never a Red Sox uniform. <laughs> no, never, <laughs> ever. And you're just like, where? What made you? How did you? Weird. Wait, I have one other thing. This is also random and has to do with purchasing a team. But did you hear the rumor that Alex Rodriguez and J Lo may or may not have broken up? I still don't know. I did see a little bit of it. Okay, so TMZ broke that they broke up. Then they said that they didn't break up. They're just going through a rough patch. I don't know. But I just saw one tweet and they were like, the lawyers are so grateful that they did not buy the Mets. And then someone was like, it would have been the most Mets thing to happen yep. if J-Lo yeah. and A-Rod brought the Mets. And then they were like, uh, we broke up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Steve Cohen really saved the They just went and got to know <laughs> They were just like, um, so we bought the Mets, but um, now we're breaking up and neither of us can afford it in the divorce, so. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we're just going to leave you to Mets. I don't, know how, I don't know how true that quote was of neither of us can afford it. I well, mean, they really you... couldn't afford it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so I still can't get over. Why would he want to buy the Mets out of every team? Like, th they mean nothing to you. No. Buy the Rangers. Buy the Mariners. Don't buy the Yankees. But, like, if he went to purchase either of those, it would have made sense. But no. Let me buy the Mets. <laughs> Get out of here. With that, we are done here. We are getting closer and closer to opening day every week closer to closer to actually being able to talk about something because we get to watch them yeah because we can like see them. them and not just be like oh so i heard on this radio broadcast or i read this like moment but like play-by-play -play tweet about what happened i don't want to watch the weird game day graphic on my phone anymore i would like to watch the baseball happen <laughs> but until then you can keep up to date as much as I can with my classes. I missed yesterday's game. I'm sorry. I missed it with the lineup card. Life happens, ladies and gentlemen. But for the most part, you can get updates on lineup cards, uh, end of game scores, any injury updates, any Yankee news on our Instagram. It is pinstripe.podcast. And if you could like, share, Follow, subscribe, whatever you do to interact with your podcasts as you're listening. That would be really great. It makes us feel good. It makes you feel good. 
all the good feelings. And this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye.